Hey men, welcome to the Faith Bridge Men Podcast. My name is Mace. I'm your men's discipleship coordinator. And we are continuing our season on fighting the good fight, inspiring and challenging men to believe the true gospel and be transformed by the gospel. And as you know, uh, all this season, we have been highlighting stories of men at Faith Bridge who are fighting the good fight. Uh, this episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm, I'm super excited about it, of uh, a very unique small group um, of men that was going on over the last several months. And I'm excited to to hear more about it and share with it, uh, share it with y'all. I think y'all are going to be inspired and encouraged um, by our guest today. So joining me today are my friends, Brian McGown and his son, Joshua. Thank you guys for being here today. Yeah, man. We're excited. So uh, to start, just tell us a little bit about y'all's selves and, and your family, just kind of from a general perspective. Yeah. Um, so like you said, my name's Brian here with Joshua. Uh, been married to Jenny for 20 years this July. Wow. We have a daughter, Mary Claire, who's uh, just turned 11, who's in fifth grade, and Joshua's 14 in eighth grade, about to be a high schooler here in August. Wow. So that's yeah, amazing. man. Busy, busy, busy times for awesome. the McGowan family. Yeah, that's awesome. Joshua, anything you would you would add? Any activities that you do in your spare time? Things yes, like that. Yes, I'm a big golfer. I played basketball for my school, but that's over now. Um, I love just being outside and doing outdoor stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I know that will connect with a lot of the men of Faith Ridge for sure. Um, so you're here to talk about this Kingdom Man group that y'all took part of with several other father son duos here at Faith Bridge, working through. Um, uh, a book by the same title by Tony Evans, I believe. Uh, so just tell us a little bit about how y'all came to be a part of that group and just give us an, uh, a general sense of what that group dynamic looked like, maybe how often y'all met, what a typical meeting looked like, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, man, uh, I think first of all, is full credit to Jason Penberthy, uh, been a longtime friend of mine, my best friend probably for the last 15 years or so. Um, he had mentioned it to me a couple months before we started. Hey, I've, I've read this book by Tony Evans. I think it's great. could be awesome to, to do with, um, you know, a, b- a bunch of dads and their sons. And um, so, yeah, he, you know, the, the fun part is he just sent out an, a text to, I guess it was like six of us, and said, hey, I'm thinking about this. Let's get together. Let's talk about it. And, and so, you know, I mean, he's the catalyst for all of it. Um, it was fun, you know, just as a as a guy who's led a lot of small groups to just just to take part in one, you know, mm-hmm, and not mm-hmm. have to lead it. And um, so we we had an initial meeting of sort of just a come and see, where he just kind of casted the vision for what it might look like with with the boys uh, there. There was a was there six of us? Yeah, so there was six. six boys and six dads, um, and and everyone was all in. We were all excited about it. The boys were excited about it, and. Um, so that's how it kind of started. We met at, at Penberthy's house. He usually brought in some barbecue or something. Um, and, uh, you know, and then he also, he didn't lead every one of them, which I think was good. He gave each of us an assignment. And so each each dad uh, and son duo would lead uh, each week, which kind of kept you engaged, especially for the week that you were leading. Right, yeah. So you want to add anything to that? Yeah, also... I- it made it more interactive because before we would be able to like play basketball and hang out with our friends and that way like we could do that like build relationships through that and through like um our study 
Yeah, that's cool. So you kind of have um, kind of that general just free time hanging out together, but then also this kind of dedicated, uh, intentional time trying yeah. to talk about, you know, godly manhood. So that when, sort of thing. when Penn birthed these cast in the vision, he, he said, you know, we could probably do the whole study in an hour. I think it's like maybe a 25-minute video and then like, you know, about a half hour of discussion. But he always scheduled them for at least two hours. Uh, and I think most of the time what would happen is we'd show up, there'd be some food, and the boys would go play basketball for like an hour. And the dads would be in there um, just chatting it up, which is was good for us, just catching up on life, encouraging one another, working through, you know, anything that's going on with the with the dads. But then the boys are out there, you know, having fun, like Josh said, building relationships. And I mean, most of them were already pretty good friends right. before we started. But, um, you know, I, I, I think... Yeah, they all knew they were there for a purpose, and it wasn't just to play basketball. Right. Uh, but the bonus or the value add was that they got to play right, basketball right. together. Yeah, so yeah absolutely. Cool. And I imagine it kind of helped break the ice a little bit, just tear down some walls before y'all probably got into some more serious discussion. Absolutely. Um, for sure. And, uh, yeah, you know, just guys to, um, you know, for the dads to have that time where you could catch up, hey, this thing's going on at work or wife and I had this fight over this thing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, help me out and uh, challenge me if, if needed, that sort of thing. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Joshua, take take us back just a little bit. Um, so I met, it sounds like your dad probably heard about this group first and maybe brought it up to you. What, yes. what were your original thoughts when you first heard about it? I was pretty excited because I thought it was just like a good way to um, have even a smaller group because right now I'm involved in a curious group and that's a pretty big group. But now I could uh, focus with just six of like my really close friends. I could really focus with them, and I think it's um, a more focused way of learning. Yeah, yeah, we've we've talked a lot about that as a, a staff team about how there's uh, there's a bit of a need for both. You you know the the larger small groups for lack of a better way of putting it uh provides a, a wider net of relationships but you also need those those smaller more tight-knit groups where you can get into stuff a little bit deeper maybe it's a little bit more focused like you said that's great uh another thing both of y'all have mentioned so brian you said you know this wasn't your first rodeo in a in a small group experience uh joshua you said you're in a curious group and so i'm curious to hear um what would y'all tell us a little bit more about what this group provided that um, complemented and supplemented your experiences um, in those other groups? Yeah, I mean, I I think for us, you know, for Josh and I, but also just as, as dads with a bunch of eighth graders, I mean, I don't know if you remember when you were in eighth grade, Mace, but, I mean, it's not usually the easiest time in life. Right, you yeah. Know? Cool thing is you're the oldest kid in the school, usually, depending on how your high school was set up, but you're about to be the lowest man on the totem pole here and you know, four or five months. Uh, and so it was a great opportunity for us to gather around the truth with other trusted dads um, and just pour into our boys, you know. And uh, the I think this is one thing I love about Penn Berthy being my best friend is he is a trusted man who I know that if there was for any reason Joshua thought, man, you know, it's kind of weird or awkward to talk to my dad about some issue that he could go and talk to, he calls him Uncle Jason, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's those sort of uh, relationships that you want your 
you know, your boys to have. Yeah. You know, the world is telling them this set of things, um, which all can look and feel enticing. Um, but we want to know, we want them to know what, what reality is, what, what, what the truth is. Um, and then they can see it with a bunch of other 40, 50 year old men in the room and be like, man, you know, I look up to, to, to that guy or want to be like that man and, or, or just build relationships with other dads. Um, if Josh has something that he wants to go talk to one of the dads. I, I mean, I think he's, you know, through our group, he's built relationships, not just with deep relationship with the other 14 year old boys, but also with the dads. And so for us, I think that was hugely important. Um, and Josh put it really well when he said, you know, it's, it was a small, it was a smaller group, you know, um, and that for us, even though it was like 12 of us, for them and for us, it felt like it was just six because, you know, six dads and six boys. And, you know, it, it just felt really small, more intimate than I think you what you're curious. How many people you have in your curious group? Like at least 20. Yeah. So wow. they have like yeah, 20. 20. So, I mean, it's a medium sized group, right? Right. The conversations that these 14 year old boys were having in our group, I'm sure they probably aren't having as deep in a 20 because you got a new kid showing up every week, hopefully, because they're inviting. I know in, in their curious group, they're inviting new guys all the time, or right. there's guys that don't come as often. In ours, we basically had 100% participation. Mm-hmm. And so the the level of trust in the group, especially for a 14-year-old boy, to be able to share things that maybe they wouldn't share in a, in a larger group. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I want to hear from you, Joshua, but just one thing I want to ho- double-click on what you said, Brian, is uh, having – introducing our children to other uh, men and women who love the Lord that can be spiritual influencers in their their lives. Uh, you know, I, that really struck me because, you know, we hear about, you know, so many young people leaving the faith that they, they graduate from high school and as soon as they're out on their own, they, they, they walk away from the Lord and that sort of thing. And they've done studies on, okay, what are the factors of the of those that stayed, that stayed faithful and, and continued to follow the Lord? What are the factors that led to that? One of the most important things that they picked up on is we know that the most important spiritual influences in a child's life are their parents. You know, the most important spiritual influence in a young man's life is his father, no doubt. But those that continue to follow the Lord They've, they've shown also had those other godly adults invested in them, those safe places that they could talk to, especially, you know, as you said, uh, Brian, even the best dad, most Jesus-loving dad, you know, there's going to be times where, you know, their, their son would probably be more comfortable asking Uncle Jason. You yeah. Know? Yeah, that's great. Joshua, how about you? You know, so compare and contrast uh, this group to maybe what you've experienced in Curious. What... What benefit did this group provide for you? I think this group, like with all the dads, there's like more older, more experienced men that we can learn from. So we can learn from their mistakes, what they did right, what they did wrong, and we could apply that to our own life. Yeah, I I really love that you said what they did right, but also what they did wrong. I feel like so many men are hesitant to put themselves in any sort of space of, of spiritual influence for sure. But sometimes even it keeps men from just small group experiences in general, like, oh, uh, I can't be in a small group because, you know, I'm messed up or I certainly can't be any good to a young man 
uh, because of all the things that I've done. Um, but they need to hear those stories too, right? Yeah, Not no, just what, no, what we've uh, gotten right, but what we've got gotten wrong. Like, let me try to help, you, you know, protect you from the things that I had to learn the hard way, right? Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I love that. It's, yeah, it's, I think it's the, the story I heard once about pilots. I'm not a pilot, but I got good buddies who are. And so when you're, you know, flying Houston to Dallas and the guy comes on and say, it's going to be bumpy up here. They don't know that because of a weather forecast. They know it because the pilot who just flew that route an hour before called back and said, hey, over Madisonville, right over Bucky's, <laughs> it's a little bumpy. Right. Uh, and, and I, you know, I, it's always been a good picture in my mind just of of how I want it to be with other men that I interact, but also with my son and the other boys in our group is just say, hey, man, like, we, we've been there. We did that. And he here's how that turned out and it it didn't didn't go well um let's let's make it a little easier let's at least give you a warning of if you want to take that route here's here here's the consequences associated right, with right. That. i can tell you what's going to happen yeah um tell us a little bit more about so we've been talking kind of about the group experience from a general perspective tell us a little bit more about the the content that y'all worked through were there any kind of major takeaways from the kingdom man study itself for you guys um I think one of the biggest points they made was like how a kingdom man holds up its household. So it's family. So like it's the leader of the family. So they need to take initiative and they need to lead their family in like the right direction. Yeah, that's so good. And I love, you know, as we've been saying that, you know, that lesson is getting instilled in these young men um, before they have a family of their own, before they're married, before they have their own kids, that they are, they're catching that vision of this is what, godly manhood yeah. looks like. No, I I second what Josh just said. I think that that was the big takeaway is what is a kingdom man? It's a man who holds up under the pressure of the world to lead their family, lead their community, lead the state, lead the nation. Right. And Tony Evans does this whole great uh, part in one of his sermons about how if a man can lead his family well, how that can, you know, trickle out into the world. Um, you know, I mean, I, you know, hopefully in our family, you know, Josh can see that and how that's demonstrated just in how I tried to lead our family. Um, you know, and also that doesn't mean like that the, that the man or the husband or the, you know, the dad has to be some sort of preacher or pastor, because right. I think that's a huge misconception in Christianity when we talk about, um, the, the man being the leader, right? Is that he's some sort of uh, guy who lords over his family in a, in a more like oppressive, like do this, do that, uh, so that you can be holy like me uh, versus uh, the, the, the man, the husband, the leader that leads from a place of service. Mm -hmm. I'm going to serve my wife. I'm going to honor her. I'm going to figure out, as Ben Stewart says, sometimes Biblical leadership isn't just opening up the Bible at dinner, but it's figuring out where your kids and your wife flourish the most and then doing everything in your leadership and your power to help them flourish. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that that was the biggest takeaway for me is, and, and Josh and I say this to each other, you know, if we're trying to give each other's compliments now, it's like, man, you're a kingdom man. Right. You're making wow. decisions like 
a man of God's kingdom as a representative of God. Um, and that's what we want for our 14 year olds walking into the halls of Klein ISD high schools is men who are kingdom difference makers, right? right? Yeah, and absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that y'all now even have this common language yeah. and can use it to it's encourage really one fun, another. Yeah. And I, I love that idea of, you know, yeah, maybe it starts at home, but it it's going to radiate out from there. And I, I, I think I'm even on record on this podcast in a previous episode of saying, you know, one of the things that excites me so much about what we do with men's ministry at FaithBridge is that I am a firm believer that when you change a man, you are not just changing that man. You are changing his family. You are changing his community. You're changing his workplace. You're changing his his school. And so I just love, uh, you know, hearing that, that that's, that's this vision that y'all have latched on to. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's, that's huge. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I think that just to piggyback on what you're saying is just that for all the men out there who are married to strong women who are leaders in their places of work or business or communities, similar to my beautiful bride, the Lord does work it to where the way you love and serve and lead your wife and your family usually will fall within your, whatever your skill set is, right? So you, it's awesome uh, to have a, a, a wife and a, you know who is a, a leader. That doesn't mean that I just sit back and just say, well, whatever you want to do, babe. <laughs> but it's an open line of communication as, hey, it's what I feel like the Lord's telling us to do with this kid's situation or our family and having that open line of communication so that, like I said earlier, I can serve our family the best. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, I was just listening to a podcast. Uh, we were talking about podcasting uh, before we started. And I said, I'm a bit of a podcast junkie. So I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about, you know, men in the homes and, and, you know, one of these passages that we go to when it, when it talks about, okay, what is my role as a dad and a husband? One of the common passages that we'll go to is Ephesians five, where we'll talk about, you know, the man is the head of the household and that sort of thing. Um, but broadly speaking in our culture, when we hear things like that, our mind goes to privilege, that we think that being the head or being the leader is all about the privileges that it affords you. But biblically, that's that's not where Paul goes at all in that passage. He says, yeah, the husband is, is the head of the household, so love your wife. Seek her flourishing, just like Christ loved the church, and he gave himself yeah. up for her, right? So Give your I, life away. Exactly. Yeah, so, so when it you know comes to, oh, gosh, like— I'm supposed to be be the leader of the family. What is, what do I do, man? Serve your wife, mm. serve your kids, help them flourish. You know what are their passions? What are their gifting? And how can you breathe life into yeah. those things? Amen. I love that so much. Um, so to kind of wrap us up, what I think you've given a lot of gold, and uh, I think men will have a lot of takeaways from this. But what kind of parting words of encouragement? would you have uh, for the men of faith bridge, especially as maybe they're hearing what y'all have done and um, are trying to figure out, you know, what would it look like to do something similar? Um, I would say the first thing is just take the initiative. I mean, like I said, Jason Penberthy just put it out there. We could all said, no, we could all said, yeah, right. I'm not going to sit in the room with a bunch of 14 year old boys. And to my surprise, I would say, 
more than 50% of the time, the boys were super talkative, which if you hung around a bunch of 14-year-old boys talking about sort of deeper things, it's usually like crickets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there was nights that we couldn't get them to shut up, and there were other nights that, you know, they just were more of listeners to what the dads were saying. Um, but I think my encouragement would be is we, I think we, did we meet for six weeks or eight weeks? Yeah. Six weeks? Six so weeks. So it took us six months to meet for six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But we, we, we met, we planned it all out. And then we met like three times pretty consistently, like every other week. And then something would come up. A dad's got a, a last minute out of town trip. And so then we would just reschedule. Um, and we all made fun of each other, you know, it's funny it took us so long to, but we were, we were, we persevered to, to do it. And so I wouldn't say if you think you're so busy, too busy enough to do this is just stick in there, throw some dates down, meet for the first time and then figure it out. You know I mean? Cause we had some, I was probably the least busy of all the dads. Um, and you know, I never travel for my job or anything and can be available pretty much any time. And some of these guys who travel for weeks on end made it to almost all of them. Wow. So I think just that's my big encouragement is just, number one, if you feel like the Lord's calling you to do something like this, just swallow your pride and invite someone. Yeah. Because people are waiting for an invitation. Right. So Absolutely. a lot of times the biggest things we do in life aren't just because we just decided, woke up and said, I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. You know, it's because someone invited me in to do something. Right. You know? um, and I think that. You know, the good, cool thing with us is we're going to continue on. We're gonna, we're taking like a month or so break. And then um, I think this summer we're going to meet once or twice just to have fellowship. And, and then our plan, as we discussed it, is sort of August, September, we're going to start and we'll do another, I think it's four or six week deal. We're going to do Rest and War. Yeah. Uh, ben Stewart did a DVD series that we're going to um, kind of go through. It's a great book if you haven't read it. Um, when he wrote it, I guess when you're a writer, they say, you know, sort of who's your audience. Mm-hmm. And he was writing toward, um, boys or young adults who are high school and college age. And if, you, if you've read the book, you, you get a lot of that, you know, the Navy SEAL stories and, um, even the name Rest and Warren. So we're going to, we're going to continue on. So, um, might take us six months to do six weeks, yeah, but right, it'll yeah. be, it'll be worth, you know. It'll be worth the time and the effort. Yeah, I love that. You know, I think the two big takeaways for me or for me from that is, you know, get started and stick with it. And yeah, yeah, it may not look like picture perfect every week, you know, but make it happen. Stick with it. And if it takes you uh, six months to get through six meetings, so be it. You know, that's great. Joshua, anything you would add, just anything else from your experience that you would want to leave the men of Faith Bridge listening I like what my dad said about just be open to to whatever because you don't know like how many people are just waiting for that invitation like you said to just be invited to come learn more about the Lord about what he's doing. Absolutely. Absolutely right that if we will just uh a concept I heard recently is uh it's from a movie called We Bought a Zoo. It's this idea of 20 seconds of insane courage that if mm-hmm. you will You'll just have 20 seconds of insane courage and put that ask out there of, yeah. of inviting your son or your daughter or, you know, the, this group of friends or whatever it may be, yeah. hey, to invite them along for this journey. You know, we get to watch what the Lord does with that. Amen. That's awesome. Oh, I agree. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much, guys, for for being here today. I know I've been encouraged, and I'm sure everyone listening has been as well. And and thank you all, men, for joining us for this episode of our Faith Bridge Men podcast. Uh, be sure to subscribe and rate. And uh, if you think this content will be helpful to another guy that you know, please feel free to, to share this content so we can continue to inspire and encourage more men to keep fighting the good fight together. Men, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Faith Bridge Men podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe so you can catch future episodes and help us spread the good news by rating and reviewing the podcast and sharing this episode with another man who would be helped by the content. And we will catch you next time on the Faith Bridge Men podcast. Until then, keep fighting the good fight.